Welcome to Dragon Talk, everyone. Yay! Hello. We are so excited to be here on the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yes. I'm Greg Tito. I'm Shelly Mazanoble. And we are here to talk about dungeons, maybe also some dragons. I'd love that. Let's do it. All right. We have a cool guest on the show today, one of the coolest Mm, that we've had on the show before, uh, returning Mr. Matthew Lillard. Yay! Yay. How exciting. You know, I was thinking, I feel like this might be his third time. I think so, yeah. And he's, you know, next to uh, Wolfgang Bauer, he's... Matthew might actually be our, our most returning guest. We've we got a lot of two timers. I don't know if we have any three timers. Any three peats? Yeah. yeah. We'll have to uh go into the records and find that out. We've been doing this show for such a long time, Shelley. We've been really looking at all of our guests over the years and it's uh it's, yes. it's kind of daunting to look at like, man, we've created, you know, forty five to fifty episodes a year for three or four years now, five yeah. years. We really have. How long? Five years, we think? Well, I've been here for about five years, and I think I didn't really start doing them uh, on a regular basis until about a year in, right? Really? Because I felt like you in. were in it right away. But I guess we can easily look that up. That's right. We have to go back into Maybe. our records and figure all that all out. Right. But it's cool so that Matt is coming back, and uh, we'll talk to him about D&D Live, uh, Ooh, which is yeah. scheduled and ready to go on June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's where everybody can find out about uh, some really exciting uh, new gameplay reveals right at that time, and then uh, the new adventure coming from Dungeons and Dragons, and the new storyline, as well as tons of things you don't even know about. You know but that I know about that you don't know about yet. I that I don't know about. No, I I'm think just, that you the the, the oh, audience does know. Like, you know everything. I don't know that I do, but um, I will say I keep forgetting that this is also when we announce the new storyline because I'm just so excited about all of the people who are coming to play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. We've got uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Brett Gelman also from Stranger Things is playing. Also, uh, again, uh, from Fleabag. And from Fleabag. That's right. He's in so many things. Uh, Martin Starr. From oh, uh, Silicon Valley, of course, but then more importantly, the dungeon master, or at least uh, 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 the party member from Freaks and Geeks, the most one of the most oh. famous D and D episodes ever of uh, of television. Speaking um, of family did, sitcoms, did you also ever watch a show called Party Down? No. Oh my god, it's an it's older, and I think he was in that too, and Jane Lynch was in it, and. Um, Lizzie Kaplan, oh. and then I can't remember the other. There's a, it's a, an amazing cast. That sounds and really familiar. It's they're a, they're of caterers, <laughs> but it's oh yeah, it's no, I remember so that. So funny! It's such a good show, and it, it's oh. if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend like just finding it on Netflix and just binging it because it's. It, I think there was only even one season, maybe two. Well, I'm happy to announce that we have reunited the cast for Party Down uh, to play <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Jane Lynch would have been Life. great. You know what? I, know. I think I think she got cast in Glee, which I I happened to. It was right when maybe that's why this didn't continue. I don't know, but anyway, it was right around the time that Glee. That sounds right. Was starting. Um, but we also have a uh, a really cool uh, Lost Odyssey Heroes table with Brandon Routh, otherwise known as. 
Superman. Oh, uh, okay. He's playing with David Harbour, as I said, and Karen Gillan, uh, who I just was watching Avengers Endgame. Uh, she appears in that as well as uh, uh, in Doctor Who. Um, and gosh, I, I'm, I, the WWE Superstars table oh, is going to be so super excited. great. Quinn's going to lose his mind. Jeremy Crawford is head, dungeon mastering for that uh, amazing crew. Um, and gosh, yeah, we got even more things to announce, but we're not quite ready to do so just yet. But there are so many fun and exciting people oh. uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons during D and D Live. Uh, and you're right; that's just one of the aspects of what's going on with it. Yeah, there's so much good stuff as part of that entire weekend. So, plenty to keep you entertained. Yeah. I'm personally excited about uh, something we're calling Reality RP. Uh, yes. we, we, we talked a little bit about this, but haven't really gone into detail. We'll be doing more of that uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, but it is a mashup of uh, kind of the deductive role-playing games called uh, like Werewolf or The Circle, uh, which was a, a reality television show on Netflix. Uh, cosplay, community members, as well as uh, uh, you know Instagram, social media, uh, and reality television gameplay. So all these things kind of mashed up into one uh, is going to be super uh, unique. We'll see how it happens, but it's it's. I can't wait to unveil more about that uh, in the weeks to come leading up to, to June 18th. That is very, very exciting. Reality and television is what you've always wanted. Worlds colliding. I cannot wait. Um, so that's really cool. Then, of course, people will be able to play Dungeons and Dragons during the event, uh, signing up for online oh, play. Oh, yeah. Uh, D&D Adventurers League has uh, four adventures coming your way. They're uh, an hour-long introductions to the uh, new storyline and what's going to be occurring there. And that is going to be super exciting. Super, You'll be able to uh, sign up for those games, uh, I think, starting next week uh, or this week, if you're listening to this uh, in podcast form. So, uh, you know, you can sign up as a group uh, with your friends, people who play together already. We'll have uh, uh, D&D Adventurers League uh, professional Dungeon Masters ready to uh, take you through those stories um, in whatever platform you want. Whether you use Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds uh, or just Theater of the Mind style, uh, we'll be able to provide all of that gameplay over the course of that weekend so that you're watching... Um, these amazing uh, folks play Dungeons and Dragons and then you'll be able to experience that on your own and, and get all the previews ready for the new adventure. And you're also supporting a really good cause while doing all this. Yes. Red Nose Day. That's and great. hey, maybe for some reason you can't um, get together and play that weekend but you still want to support this great cause and this great initiative. There are t-shirts such as the one Greg Tito is modeling right now for those of you mm-hmm. that are watching live on Twitch. Yes. But there's uh, all sorts of apparel too and um, an adorable, beautiful snowy owl bear that was designed by Emmy Tanji, our, our favorite little art director who can't just, she can't make anything that's not adorable and cute and belonging on a t-shirt. So That's her MO. She just makes things uh, adorable as well as totes. awesome. Yes. And speaking of totes, I think you can even get that on a tote bag. <laughs> totes right? McGoats. <laughs> totes Mc- Snowy Owl Bear. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to name this guy. He's, his name is Totes McGoats in Love my it. mind. 
He's real cute. He's real cute. I he love him. He has a red nose. He's got a red nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we're, you know, the actual Red Nose Day uh, was this month on, on May 21st, and uh, they raised tons of money to help out uh, you know, children during this time through hunger or uh, uh, any kind of resources that they may need. So uh, all the proceeds for the T-shirt sales, uh, an adventure uh, called Return to the Glory that's downloadable right now on Dungeon Masters Guild, uh, as well as signing up for the D&D Adventurers League games uh, for a donation of about $10. All of those proceeds will go towards Red Nose Day. And uh, we are super excited to support them uh, in this way and all the ways going forward. I love it. Super cool. I love it. Yeah. Speaking of support, how do you feel about supporting some of our game shops right now? I feel super great about it. Okay, because you know it's a hard time for small businesses, and we want to help where we can. So as some of these, um, your local game shops are starting to to staff back up and um, starting to, to prepare to open their doors again, a lot of them are still offering curbside and online delivery, and we just want to give some shout-outs to those of them that are uh, doing that, like top-tier board games in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ooh, I realized top-tier. I was like my God, I have to learn my state abbreviations all over again. I just got really worried when I saw MS. That's Mississippi, right? I believe that is true. Well, Hattiesburg, I think that we know that's in Mississippi. Top tier board games, they're offering curbside online and shipping. And I just want you to know, we put all this information in our show notes as well. So websites, social media will all be in there. So you don't have to like go grab a pen and write this down. Um, And we also have Enchanted Grounds in Littleton, Colorado oh, and Enchanted, nice. Enchanted Grounds. Grounds. Yeah, they're offering in-store and uh, curbside. So if you're just like itching for some games and uh, you can still go to either of these stores and, and go to the curb and they'll be right there waiting for you. Oh my God, Greg, this one, timely, just what? games in Rochester, New York. Oh my gosh, I wonder we if were... they know about the legend of uh, the bikini bottom man. Just Games in Rochester, New York. They have curbside delivery from 12 to 6, seven days a week, everyone. Also, local deliveries on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. You can get your games delivered right to your door from Just Games. And let's do one more here. Let's do the board game Barrister in Greenfield, Wisconsin. Ooh. Curbside, local delivery, online sales. Oh, my God. And personal shoppers. Oh, man. Call them up. Like, I just need a game that's cooperative that yeah. four to five people can play. They'll be like, um, this one might make sense. So Do you like zombies? Awesome. Yes. I love that. What a great idea. Gamers love talking about games. So For you know sure. they're going to give you a good recommendation. So if you are in any of those areas... Support your local game store if you need some some new games to keep you busy. And again, we'll put all that information in our show notes so you can just go right to their websites right from there. That's Mwah. so cool. That's so cool. Mwah. Uh, so many connections to those uh, locations. I My sister, I think, lived in Littleton, Colorado for a while. And, Seriously? Uh, that's bizarre. And then Rochester, New York. Like, that's... Uh, I know. I, and uh, I didn't look at the... The list before, so I didn't know that Rochester. I didn't pick that one on, on purpose. So it was a genuine surprise. I like there. I like to be surprised as well. Um, top tier connected because we are top tier. 
because all, all of the board games and uh, role playing games that Wizards I mean, of the Coast make are top I meant tier. You personally, Greg Hugo. Oh. Just lifting you up where we belong. But not too high because I'm scared <laughs> of heights. We'll be medium heights. <laughs> and well, a safe distance from the edge. Wearing helmets. And maybe a harness. <laughs> That's how that song should have gone. We should talk to Bette Midler about uh, changing up those lyrics. Oh, I, we always have like a different song in our head when we say lift you up. I'm thinking of eagle's wings. I'm thinking, dun, dun. I think you're thinking of this Joe Cocker, other female singer. Oh, right. There's that lift one Lift you up. What? Yes, I guess there's many different ways that you can lift someone up in song. We've got 80s power ballads going on uh, oh, all over town. Started. Um, but that's so cool. you know. And then uh, I want to give a shout out to Jason Charles Miller uh, and the videos oh, that we've been posting that. on YouTube on tour with Dragons. Uh, that show is uh, him going to many game, lo- game store locations uh, all around uh, the United States while he was on tour with his band. Uh, and uh, we repurposed uh, some of those videos to let them feel like virtual tours. That you can go in, visit these places, even though you can't go to them, uh, and he has great information on what they are able to do uh, during this time, including you know some curbside pickup and deliveries as well uh, from those stores. So if you're Super interested cool. in just you know getting that game store feel, go check out On Tour with Dragons right now uh, on the D&D YouTube channel. Uh, he's got a bunch of episodes up there, including Asgard Games, uh, from Houston, uh, so that's pretty cool. That also, awesome. uh, you know, and this is a great way to shout out folks getting ready for Mythic Odysseys of Theros that is dropping digitally on June second. You'll be able to get that on D and D Beyond as well as on Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds on that date. But if you pre-order, uh, you know, if you're one of the first twenty customers to pre-order from a uh, a participating store, you'll get a code to download that content from D&D Beyond for half price, uh, and you'll then receive the book uh, on July 21st when it is available in stores. Uh, So that's pretty cool, and there's still two uh, covers available, a standard cover and an alternate cover. You can only get the alternate cover if you do pre-order it through uh, your game store. So uh, encouraging as many people to do that as we can since you're right game stores are not getting all of the traffic that they were getting before and so this is a great way to support those small businesses uh who are in many ways the heart's blood of this community yes they just you know you don't open a game store because you just want like a quick buck you open a game store because you love gaming and you love gamers and you're passionate about that hobby so help them out we all are yeah i uh, i want to start a game store what do you think, Shelley? Should we start a game? Sorry? I think you're just after a quick buck. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you disparage my uh, chaotic evil tendencies? You know, I would shop at your game store every day. Aww, Maybe I even would... twice a day. Let's let's do it. We'll we'll make another uh, West Seattle game store, uh, and we'll do it in cooperation with Meeples, the awesome folks there. Yeah, uh, the so shout out make... to Meeples. They're also yeah, doing Meeples curbside. Cool. Well, one thing uh, that everyone who is a D&D fan loves is lore, you should know. Uh, so maybe they we do. should flip this over to me talking to Chris Perkins uh, and get ready to talk to Matthew Lillard uh, in a little bit. Flip it. Flip it like a table on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Bing bong, bing bong, flip. Flip. <laughs> 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris Perkins today. Hello. Hi, Chris. How are you doing in your home office? Just fine. Just fine. Milo is camped on his little bed next to me. Little put out. Because it's a nice day. It's a nice day out there here in Seattle, and he's stuck inside with me. Well, uh, hopefully after this you'll be able to go explore, uh, but hopefully you won't run into any illithid. Uh, no, I hope not. Uh, if you are, you will be enemies of the illithid, for that is the topic of this lore you should know, uh, where we discuss little small bits of uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, description text for your edification and also for use in your game. And this one is particularly of interest for people who may be excited about Baldur's Gate 3 uh, from our partners at Larian uh, for this topic is Enemies of the Illithids, otherwise known as Mind Flayers. Yes, yes. For those for those who aren't sure what Illithids are, they're definitely Mind Flayers. Yes. Those two terms are synonymous. We spoke uh, about the Nautiloids uh, last time we were joined together for a, a, a lore you should know. Um, and uh, I think we've talked, uh, you know, around the Mind Flayers influence, both in, you know, Spelljammer lore as well as in the Underdark. Uh, and they have, through their malice, created a lot of enemies, right? That is correct. Their bad behavior has not made them, not won them many friends in the multiverse. Um, that's not to say they don't have friends, but most of their friends have had their brains partially eaten so that they're basically turned into thralls. Um, yeah. So going back through time, uh, mind flares first appeared in the monster manual and other than being sort of defined as these alien tyrants, we didn't know much about things that, you know, kept them up at night. Uh, 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 enemies enemies that they had made along the way it really wasn't until second edition well that's not true it wasn't until the fiend folio mm. the first edition fiend folio that we started to see uh some of the mind flayers enemies really sort of um defined and defined by uh their servitude to the mind flayers um those enemies of course were the gith yankee and the Githzerai, these two um, uh, formerly united uh, peoples that were enslaved by the Mind Flayers, transformed by the Mind Flayers, and uh, escaped from the yoke uh, of slavery uh, to basically define their own existence in the multiverse. Now, the Githzerai even though they hate the Mind Flayers for what they did, have basically retreated. Um, and although they will kill Mind Flayers on sight, they don't go on some sort of jihad-like um, quest to annihilate them all. Mm. The Gith Yankee, on the other hand, are driven absolutely by the destruction of Mind Flayers throughout the entire cosmos and have uh, taken up their swords and uh, basically bent their whole society toward this end. Um, they, they hate the Mind Flayers with a vehemence that few other creatures can really understand, mm. having not gone through the torturous experience of being basically enthralled to them. So the first one I'd like to touch on are the Githyanki, um, because they are, they are really the, 
the the bane of the mind flayer's existence right now. Um, They're former former. So they were the gif, and then they were transformed. You, so what, what, yes. what was that process like? Because that might fuel a lot of their hatred, right? Exactly. So uh, the Gith Yankee and the Gith Sarai, uh, which were first described in the first edition Fiend Folio and created by fantasy and science fiction novelist Charlie Strauss, um, they were they were one people, very human-like, possibly human, uh, enslaved oh. by the mind flayers. Uh, they their their period of servitude was quite long. We don't know exactly how long, but it may have been centuries or millennia. Um, But eventually, as happens, uh, they rose up under the leadership of a figure called Gif. So that is where their name sort of, that is where the the name of, of what they became sort of took hold. Before what they were called before that, who knows? Humans, something else, whatever. Well, I didn't realize but they were human beforehand. So yeah, this was this was not on a on a um, uh, the Forgotten Realms, right? This was in a correct a, a part of the Spelljammer kind of greater multiverse, right? Well, Spelljammer was well, didn't exist back when the Githyanki and Gazerai were created for oh, first right. edition. Uh, uh, Spelljammer came later, so there was just this sort of cosmological concept of these of these races uh, that were under the Elithids' control that broke free and uh, under under the leadership of this great champion. And they took their, given that they had been so transformed by the Mind Flayers, not only physically, but also psionically, uh, their minds had been warped to make them more obedient thralls, to make them more useful to the Mind Flayers in various ways. They were basically in, they were basically a new race at that mm, point. Right. The mind flayers had taken something and transformed it to such an extent that they were unrecognizable to themselves and to the multiverse at large. And so when they broke free with the help of Gith, they basically called themselves the Gith. But then uh, ideologically they became bifurcated. Um, they split off into what would later become the Gith Yankee and the Gith Sarai. And some of that polarization was caused by um, a philosophical rift about where the, where the species should go next. Uh, basically, the ones of sort of evil, tyrannical, malevolent bent, the ones who in many ways are as bad as their mind flayer creators, uh, became the Gith Yankee, which is not to say all Gith Yankee are of that sort of evil bent, but most of them are. Um, they are themselves uh, sort of uh, uh, driven by uh, evil goals. And they made, uh, they made uh, pacts with uh, red dragons and other evil creatures to sort of increase their power. Never again would they fall under the sway of the Mind Flayers, and the way they would ensure that is to wipe the Mind Flayers out. Um, but as you know, when that is your mindset, uh, it tends to lead to other evil behaviors. Um, you start to lose your moral rudder. Uh, and the Gif Yankee withdrew to the astral plane, which is this place where they don't age. Uh, and and basically set up havens throughout it and then started to conquer large swaths of it 
to protect themselves from any, any, anything else that they perceive as an aggressive force. And pretty soon, that perception started to be anything else. Anything that was not Gith Yankee. Exactly. And yeah. so that, that sort of behavior took hold of them and that has basically defined their existence. And so Gith Yankee uh, live by the sword, they die by the sword. To raise their young, they set up crushes on material worlds like the Forgotten Realms, like Greyhawk, where their young can be raised, where they can grow into adulthood and then be taken back to the astral plane to be sent on rites of passage missions. Hey, you cannot be a Githyanki, cannot be considered a Githyanki warrior until you have made your first illithid kill. And so uh, untested Githyanki warriors scatter across the multiverse in search of mind flayers to chop off their heads and bring them back and say, now I am truly one of us. And uh, these war parties are always led by a Githyanki knight. And uh, Githyanki discovered that they could craft these special weapons called silver swords. They're sort of these mercurial blades that are really good at cutting through um, uh, mind flayer necks. (laughs) (laughs) They have a specific purpose. Well, they're also very good at severing, um, I don't know how much you know about the astral plane, but a lot of astral travelers to get through the astral plane have these sort of cords. Yeah that thread back to their material forms on the material plane. It's like your astral projecting, basically. I always well, think of uh, Donnie Darko, uh, the movie yes, Donnie Darko with that yeah, with the, connection. The, yes. Well, a Githyanki sword is one of the very few things that can sever those cords. And if oh, you are right. suddenly cut off from your um, astral projection, you're sort of uh, sent back to your own body. Or you can actually be killed. Um, the shock can kill you. But anyway. I digress. So that's what the, the Gith Yankee uh, are all about. Yeah, uh, the Gith Zarai are more philosophical. They retreated, instead of going to the astral plane, they retreated to Limbo, uh, which is uh, one of the outer planes, uh, where they kind of took up a very monastic um, way of life, uh, sequestering themselves in a fashion. Uh, but they don't like hanging out with mind flayers, and if somebody else is having problems with mind flayers, they're very sympathetic. And so they will try to protect other races from the horrors that they themselves went through. Makes and sense. will will endeavor to teach people how to fight off mind flayers, how to deal with a mind flayer incursion, and that kind of thing. So, um, uh, but so if player uh, characters were to were to encounter uh, a Gith Yankee, they're most likely going to be you know, also antagonists to the player characters, whereas yes. the Githzerai might might be considered allies but are not necessarily... Correct, true. yes. Now, you can't tell them apart physically because they're the same people. Mm. So a Githyanki and a Githzerai, once stripped of their accoutrements, basically look like they come that they're the same. Um, but whereas Githyanki wear their own style of armor and carry swords, the Githzerai generally just wear normal clothing or robes and fight unarmed. Now, both the Githyanki and the Githzerai were gifted, I guess you could use that word, with psionic abilities Mm. uh, by their mind flayer, former mind flayer masters. They now weaponize those abilities uh, for their own defense or for um, uh, attacks against their enemies. Um, Now, So in the, um, sorry, I cut you off again, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask about the uh, uh, the Baldur's Gate three trailer. 
Yes. You know, we, we, we talked about the nautiloid and how that was depicted there, but the uh, attack was and the Githyanki attacking the, 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 the nautiloid, correct? Correct, yes. Um, so that's, that's what they do. That's what they do. And they, now, they, they partner with the Red Dragons, and so that becomes the yes. really formidable battle mm-hmm. above uh, the city of Baldur's Gate in that trailer. Yes, yes. Now, uh, even though the, the damage caused by the Elithids runs deep in Gith society, there is, and, and it did lead to the, the separation of the two Gith races, there is movement within those races to try to reunify them. Mm. Um, individuals on both sides who believe that the Gith can only truly be strong again if the Gith Yankee and the Gith Zarai become one once more. That organization, that sect that believes in this reunification is called the Shasal Ku, um, which was a third edition creation. Um, so that came much later. Interesting. Okay. And they're, they're relatively small, but, um, uh, they, they can attract some fairly powerful members. The biggest stumbling block to the reunification of the Gith people is the Gith Yankee Lich Queen, who basically doesn't want uh, her society weakened by uh, reunification. Um, she's sort of led them on a path. She believes this path of ultimate conquest is the only true path. Mm-hmm. And as long as she is still the the sort of leader of the Gith Yankee, the Shasal Ku have to operate in the shadows. I wonder if she's uh, in some ways still controlled by the Mind Flayers uh, in keeping them separate. She, she was the one who basically negotiated the, 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 the Dragon Pact. Oh, um, but yes, there, there could, there, there's easily a story to be told that Mind Flayers are somehow sort of driving, continuing to drive a wedge between the Githyanki and the Githzerai uh, so that they're not wiped out of the multiverse entirely. Um, I like that. So the Gith are, are definitely prominent enemies of the Illithids. Uh, what are what are some other that uh, are in opposition to them? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the Gith weren't the only uh, enslaved race of the Mind Flayers. Others, others in the game over the years uh, are, include the Dwargar. Um, who were dwarves captured by Illithids, um, forced into forced to become thralls and uh, builders and servants and slaves and all that. They slipped free of the shackles of the Illithids uh, in a different way than the Githyanki did, and probably in a less dramatic way. Uh, uh, they basically fought for their freedom and earned it uh, with the help of an, an individual who would later become a god figure to them. And we've already talked about that, I think. Um, I think we have, maybe we haven't, uh, future topic possibly. Uh, so, and they like the Gith Yankee and the Gith Zerai, uh, were transformed not only physically, but, uh, psychically and ended up getting some psychic abilities that they didn't have when they were just dwarves. Um, and like the Gith Yankee, uh, Duragar society, uh, kind of went dark as opposed to light, um, they never recovered. The Dorgar never really recovered from their experience other than Mind Flayers and kind of sank into the deepest of the subterranean realms and became complete xenophobic isolationists. Uh, now, another race, uh, another off... Uh, so Githyanki, Githzerai were not the only um, sort of human-like race. 
that was uh, that became enemies. The um, Kuatoa oh. uh, is another one. They used to be humanoid, uh, more or less humanoid, and devolved uh, after becoming after breaking away from the Illithids. Now, in the case of um, the Kuatoa. I think the Olithids were happy to see, happy to let them go <laughs> um, because their experiments on the Kuatoa resulted in insanity and the right. Kuatoa became basically useless to them as, as, as thralls or slaves. Um, so they were kind of cast off. But Kuatoa still live in grave fear of, of mind flayers and generally don't like them. They'll attack a lone mind flayer if they think they can kill it. They will flee from a... <laughs> a conclave or um, colony of mind flayers uh, out of sheer fear. Um, unless the, unless they're so insane that they think they can take it out. They might not even um, believe that it's a mind flayer that's real. That's and true. So they might even yes. just ignore it, right? Because it's of... possible. Yeah. You have really no way to know how the Kotoa will react under um, the way their minds have been so twisted up. And that's Another, due to the psionic kind of experimentation that was done on yes, them, right? Yes, that is correct. They are, their insanity is a product of that experimentation. The greatest of, of the Mind Flayer enemies, once you put the Githyanki aside, are, there are, a lot of, are the races we know and love. Humans, elves, dwarves, in particular, humans. Um, now, humans as we know, uh, are, <laughs> can be just as unpredictable and crazy as Kuotoa. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and some of them will think that they can negotiate with mind flayers or treat with them to gain, you know, psionic abilities and subject themselves to uh, allowing mind flayer rule because they're lazy and they, they would just as soon serve a, t- serve a tyrant than make up their own mind. But by and large, a uh, human race greets mind flayers with uh, hostility and we'll hunt them to extinction given a chance um, because nobody nobody in their hearts really wants to be turned into a thrall or uh, treated like a hot snack. How, and, and maybe just pretending to the Forgotten Realms, like how well known are mind flayers on, on the surface, say in a, in, a, in a city like Waterdeep or, or Neverwinter? Uh, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. In the Forgotten Realms in particular, which is a fairly advanced magical medieval society. Mind flayers are known. Um, they are widely feared, although most people haven't met one. Uh, so they have a, a sort of boogie, boogeyman-like quality insofar as people uh, people fear them irrationally because chances are the mind flayer is not going to eat your brain. You'll be, for, you'll be perfectly safe for the most part in water deep. And you, you, you'll, most people will go through their whole lives without having anything close to an illithid encounter. But uh, people know that they exist mm. um, and for the most part and uh, take comfort only in the fact that the stories they hear about mind flayers suggest that they live in distant dark places, be it the underworld or the, the underdark, I should say, or they come from other planets and just uh, appear <laughs> rarely occasionally that makes sense so it's more it's more of a like uh you know the the boogeyman will get you rather than a like this is a common threat that you need to be worried about yes yeah you don't have to necessarily raise your kids to watch out for nautiloids swooping over the city and things like that 
But um, if you want them to do their chores, you have to say, like, hey, the mind player is going to come get you if you don't. <laughs> yeah, or if you don't want them to wander off into some spooky forest or something, right. you could do worse than tell your kids there are mind flayers who live live in the darkness there. Um, Makes sense. But how much do people know about Duergar and Gith, uh, for example? That's, that is actually a case where they probably know less about those races than they do about the mind flayers. Mm. Um, uh, mind flayers are scary, so they're worth mentioning. Uh, your common common folk probably, unless you're a dwarf, you probably don't know a whole lot about Dorgar. Um, uh, and if you are if you are a dweller on any material plane, you may not know anything about the Githyanki and the Githsarai. Um, and so stumbling upon a crash, you might think, oh, these are just, uh, you know, yeah. dragonborn yeah. or red well, dragon eggs or things like that. Githyanki are very, very clever about hiding their crushes. If you stumbled upon a crush, you've done something quite out of the ordinary. Mm. Um, it means that the whoever, the Githyanki were, were surprisingly incautious uh, uh, in, their, in their decision about where to put the crush. Because they don't typically uh, make their crushes anywhere where humans, elves, dwarves, or their or other people are likely just to blunder upon it. Um, so it'd be underground or or hidden through magical means. Yes, or or tucked away in some remote mountainous location, which is basically inaccessible unless you can fly. Mm. Do I'm, this is kind of answering a question that was in chat? Is do do what's the life cycle of the gif? Is it uh, uh, you said they were once human? So are they? Is it live birth uh, or is it uh, you know eggs? So I'm glad you asked um, because we have vacillated on this. Yes, uh, there have been sources in the past that say oh uh, gif have live births, and we've had sources in the past that said gif lay eggs. Um, and uh, you're checking the most recent monster manual to make sure that we've got yes, the up-to-date to, information to figure out what I, what we actually decided on. Um, because this was a, when we were um, putting together the fifth edition monster manual, we used the past to guide us. And if something was uh, true in every edition, uh, we basically carried that forward. But if it, if there was variance, then it would become a conversation and um yeah dun, 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 dun. maybe we don't talk about it in here maybe we talk Is about it, it in else. uh volo's guide to monsters or i don't think so um it it may be that we we just we stay silent on it in the core book. Um, that's a fine question. Well, I'm happy to. Uh, oh, yeah. So here is in Morning Canons. I know we talk about mind flayers in uh, Bolo's Guide. Uh, we expand upon them, and we do actually talk about uh, the Githyanki conflict in Morning Canons. Um, We're making this all happen. Morty's Term of Furs. Term of Furs. Murdy Curdy. Murdy Curdy. Uh, Gif. Yankee. Boop. 85. <laughs> I think, I think, Baby. I think you, uh, had it right in that. I, I don't know if you had decided. Yeah. Do what you want. 
so I was going to follow up and ask how big you thought, if they did come from eggs, how big do you thought those eggs would be? They wouldn't be big. They wouldn't um, be? No. So about ostrich egg size? Uh, I'm trying to think about how big an ostrich egg is. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, you know right? like this, the... But, you know, it's, it's got to come out of a gift Yankee, so, you know, think about that. <laughs> um. I don't know if we, we always enter into this so, problem when we enter into some yeah. life cycle questions about it's like, monsters. So, uh, and what I sort of envisioned that a gift, if, if there is anything even close to a gift Yankee egg, um, it's probably more like a, uh, a sack, mm. like a, a, a semi-flexible, leathery kind of egg, mm. as opposed to something sort of hard-shelled. Right, because they're not reptilian. Um, correct, correct. And I think that the, the sack is probably uh, uh, would then be just sort of sloughed off mm. or, or sort of sliced through um, so that the, the offspring could emerge fairly easily. Uh, they don't like, like if Yankee offspring wouldn't have talons or beaks or, you know, anything else to sort of tear their way through a hard shell. So it would pro- probably be something sort of soft and mushy. So think like a mushy egg. That makes sense. Uh, uh, with, with the, the newborn inside of it. And the uh, hatred of mind flavors already instilled upon it. Well, um, that is a fair question. Uh, as insofar as does a newborn get Yankee or get Zerai know, or is there no of <laughs> sort of the history of the race? That is also an open question and we've never addressed it. Uh, we're talking about a psionic race. Yeah. So um, is it conceivable that a psionic parent could psionically imbue that information or imprint it in some way upon the unborn child, that is a very interesting concept. But what it means is that, yes, you basically have younglings who have imprinted on their psyches uh, this, this, uh, pr- this history of which they were actually never a participant of. Mm. There's precedent of that in nature, of course. There are some breeds of birds, yeah. for instance, that do that. Uh, and that's an interesting concept. But what it means is, if you're playing a GIF character, that you have to sort of wrestle with that um, that imprint on your psyche and then decide for yourself, you know, am I going to behave as I have been bred or am I going to behave uh, according to my own moral compass? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, let's hope everyone out there is, is uh, playing a character on the good spectrum uh, who is there to smite tyranny and uh, have justice for all. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, so enemies of the Illithid, uh There are a multitude. Uh, you know, I'm glad I, I can say I'm a, a, a at least some type of Gith Yankee warrior and that I have the head of a mind flayer on my, uh, <laughs> as a trophy on my, on my wall. Excellent. Excellent. Taken with your silver sword. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so I, I, I have an affinity to the enemies, enemies of the Illithid for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, experience some of that story for yourself, uh, with, uh, Baldur's Gate three. Uh, we, there is a, uh, a character of the Gith Yankee, I think, as one of the uh, those who meet, and you'll be learning a lot more about Baldur's Gate uh, in uh, the weeks to come, and even maybe some yes. things uh, will be revealed—not necessarily about Baldur's Gate, but about uh, uh, 
Dungeons and Dragons in general at D and D Live, and we're really exactly. excited about that. And and if you're if you're if you're outside, um, you know, and you see a Gith Yankee war party, don't necessarily assume that they're coming for you. They might be doing you a favor. Uh, even though they might be riding some red dragons at the time. Well, yeah, I'd watch out for the red dragons. <laughs> Always a nasty bunch. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Chris. If anybody had any uh, follow-up questions, uh, how can they uh, ping you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. We'll be back with some more lore you should know uh, in Dragon Talks to come. Thanks a lot. Cool. I thought we were going to get through that one fast and be like, oh, we can do, we can do one on the Duergar, but here we are, only 13 minutes left. Uh, so okay. I don't want to uh, try to squeeze one in before okay. Bidwin Plays starts. I want right. to give some time uh, to uh, those guys to get ready and, and, and start their show. Sound like a plan? I like it. Awesome. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris, for, for calling in. And I'm excited about D&D Live and all the games uh, that you will be running there. Yes, I, I think I think um, um, I'm really I, I'm I'm scared, but uh, in a good way. That's true of all the, uh, the the performances, though, right? True, true. Yeah, uh, and um, I I, uh, I hope that uh, you know we uh, we have uh, all kinds of fun and uh, shenanigans and. And uh, we're going to come out of it with a lot of fun stories, for sure. Um, and it is it's definitely going to be different. Not you know not doing it uh, around, yeah. around the table, you know, in, in, in yeah, person. That's... But you've got a lot of experience with running games uh, through through yeah. webcam, so you know. It I used be... to have a lot of misgivings about that, but that's all gone now. I actually rather enjoy the the format in the venue. And if the technology is not misbehaving for some strange reason, right, right. Once once you yeah. can kind of let that go, and it's just. Uh, people talking to each other. I mean, that's that's what D and D is. Yes, yes. Um, so we'll you'll need some sort of plan if, like, for some reason, you know, I lose power to my house or something. You get jinxed it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will always remember uh, during the descent last year how the power went out in the middle of uh, a, a pretty yeah. dramatic moment. I remember that very much so, and it's come. It's actually been mentioned by a few people. Uh, on on Twitter and stuff that uh, they they they're they're cautioning me that we should probably given given my nature yeah. and how I seem to knock out the power in places <laughs> that I whenever I'm running games now it's probably just wise got to have a battery backup that's the way to do it yes yeah yeah <laughs> or just some some screen you can just sort of switch to and, yeah. yeah like Shelly did earlier today where she went to her phone immediately so uh, maybe that's yeah. that's what we'll have to do but we'll have. Uh, all that taken care of so that we can just concentrate on the fun storytelling uh, and uh, the amazing people yeah. that you're going to be playing yeah, with. Yeah, we, yes, we have, we have brought together an amazing, amazing bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, David Harbour, I'm excited uh, to see him roll some dice. I know he, he said he Me too. particularly wanted to play with you. Oh, that's, that's very nice. Yeah. I will, I will, um, I will be uh, a gracious DM for David Harbour. Either that or you'll kill him in the first like five minutes. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. Do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know me. I'm the nicest DM on the planet. Right. Next to Matt Mercer. Uh, that's all a lie. That's all, that's all a lie. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I know. What do we? Yeah, we said it on our live stream uh, from last week. You were going to get the, the the nicest DM award. That's right. Yes. 
are we handing out any awards? Like do people, will people get awards at the end of this thing? Like you were the best bard or like, um, like superlatives, you, like you, from, from high you, school. Exactly. You, you killed the most X, you know, not a bad idea. Maybe we should. Uh, yeah. We'll get together something like that. You, we'll, we'll give you did the most damage. Miniature awards to everyone. Uh, you know, yeah. Or uh, some fun stuff from you our You rolled partners. the most ones. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. You, were, you, you fought yeah. through it, uh, through bad luck. I, I, think, I, think, I think some bogus silly trophies would be kind of a fun little ad. We'll make it happen. I love it. It's, or it could, be a, it could be a vote thing. Like, hey, at, after you know, all the events, just have fans vote and say, you know, Worst die roller was <laughs> <laughs> best ability to roll with, uh, with with bad punches there. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool beans. All right. Well, we'll person, work on that. We'll get some. Die. We'll get some trophies made up and uh, uh, start nice. start throwing them trophies. everywhere we can. Yes. Make sure they're made of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to eat mine. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. As always, uh, I'm excited and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Give some hugs to Milo for me. I will do that. Thank you. You have a great weekend as well. Awesome. Everybody else, too. Bye, everybody. Oh my goodness, now I know uh, so much about what is going on with Illithids and how we all will take down the Mind Flayers, thanks to Chris Perkins. That felt like a lot of secrets, secret lore being spilled there. It's true. And the Mind Uh, Flayers aren't going to be happy about that, so... And that's good because they flay minds. I mean, it's in their name. That's not what we like. That's not what we like at all. Yes. We do I want like my it. mind to be non-flayed, please. No. Seared? Yeah. Lightly seared? <laughs> Roasted? Maybe. Breaded? Sautéed? Air fried? <laughs> <laughs> I have an air fryer now and I air fry everything. Like if oh, we went through that If phase. it's like on the counter, I'm just like th- still obsessed with it. Just put it in there. Put it in the air fryer. See what happens. That's like when we, were, uh, uh, we got married and we put a uh, uh, deep fryer on the registry list uh which we regret immediately but we were in a moment where we were like all right hot oil what can we put in there we'll bread it and let's put in a pickle let's put in yep. a milky oh, way wow. bar you can make do really good donuts oreos yeah. yes uh but i think someone uh lost <laughs> that deep fat fryer so we could not do it anymore because we someone uh, lost we yeah we definitely felt the effects of that for like three days afterwards if we oh yeah yeah, that was an ambitious choice. It but was. It air was. fryers, though, if you're interested. Air fryers, much, much different and yes. amazing. Yes. Uh, you know who we should ask about uh, uh, culinary tools in the kitchen? Matthew Lillard. I think that's right. I think we should. He knows. I, he's a, I do think he's an expert in that field. He is my honorary Iron Chef. Beetle and Grimm's amazing culinary delights. Yes. Hey. And if... if I kind of like it. If he it. doesn't do it, maybe uh, maybe one of his characters is a culinary master. Yeah, I like it. Let's call him up. Okay. And we'd love to welcome Matthew Lillard to Dragon Talk. Yay! Yay! I feel like I should flex. Yeah. I feel like if I do this, I should flex because now I can see yes. my... Yes. Yes, your guns. Yes. It is the, it is the show. I have guns. I don't have guns. <laughs> I wish I had. I I could be spending all of COVID getting guns, <laughs> and I'm not. Although I am, I am. You are either going into COVID 
And like doing something in that stretch, I have definitely been yep. like physically trying yes. to engage. There has been, I mean, but I don't have guns. My days of guns. <laughs> you know true. what? They just seem like inconvenient. Like you know, like trying on clothes and wearing a, a jacket that's not like hurting. Like who needs them? Who needs it? Nobody. Needs I have no. definitely tried it. A, a bigger packs would be like just slightly bigger. Packs. I've been increasing them through uh, fat content. That's what I've been trying to do. Is trying to get us. <laughs> I mean, a COVID nineteen game. game the co- the COVID fifteen. Beer and <laughs> yeah, wine. Exactly. Yeah. The beer and wine. The nineteen comes. This is beer. This is wine. <laughs> the, the nineteen is referencing the pounds that you're going the, to be leaving <laughs> quarantine with. It's very true. You know what? Well, whatever. Whatever. I haven't been able to. To play any games during this time, at least, uh, yeah. with everybody? Well, we have um, we have become experts at the Skype slash Zoom slash um, Roll20 game action. Um, it's fun. I mean, look, I, I, we, you know, we play Beetle and so I'm a part of this company called Beetle and Grimm's, which I'm one of the founders of and I, I love doing. And so, and we have to balance out the work that we do with the company with game like we we love what was happening for the when we first i mean we two years june 1st is when our um so a little piece of trivia so at dnd live two years ago on june 1st we pushed the button to go live on because we signed the contract at dnd live oh wow and we pushed the button and i have this video i'll release i'm going to release the video on june 1st but we pushed the button to go live on the uh our website to go live and I would say for the first year, every time we got together, there's five guys and we're all best friends. And every time we got together, we would end up invariably talking about business for hours. And and we got away from playing games. And at some point, I like put our foot down. I put my foot down. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I have a job. We all have jobs. We all have families. Like This is our joy. And we have to reclaim that joy. And so we have systematically going back to, to playing and just having fun with the game and then also developing the company. That's really smart because yeah. that's hard yeah. when you have Which a group nice. of friends getting together for a business endeavor. It changes things, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden you're right. You're just, sure. Oh my God, we have all these other responsibilities. Even if it is something like, uh, you know, the amazing work and boxes you guys have created for, for Beetle and Grin's Pandemonium Warehouse. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you're right. Like, I mean, I did that when I had a theater company too, where it was like, hey, we're all we're talking about is like the trials and tribulations of of uh, putting on a show and, and the business of that. And yeah, like, you forget- the finances and the money and uh, how are we going to do it? And like, yes, and like, and and fighting. Yeah, you're like, you know, not everything. We, we are five different, very different points of view, and so not fighting in a way that's that's I don't know, petty or punitive. It, it's it's just a matter of. We all have different points of view on things we should do. And that's been the joy of it. The joy of like, hey, what about this and giving and living? And I have to say that for the five of us, we've done incredibly well in terms of maintaining and protecting our friendship. That's good. Um, that's but really good. If we're doing that and not having like it can't take away the thing that we love the most, which is the game. And um, and so we've now we've spent like the last six to seven months getting back and we're playing and we're playing a lot. And look, I think that gaming virtually it's funny because we so our company meets virtually three times a week so we spend four you know three to four hours three times a week as a company and that's how we you hear my dog barking in the background oh that's okay it's my dog's very my dog's go any second now 
at some point a kid will come running in screaming at me my wife's gonna tell me to do something <laughs> all those things are possible today <laughs> um but we you know we so you know we spent a lot of time together online and zooming and skyping and um so it's been a pretty natural transaction transition to us to to playing games on it and then and then i'm leading i'm gaming i'm dming stuff and i've never really dm oh wow how's that going yeah Um, what yeah so it's fun what made you decide to take that role um okay i will tell you we are considering doing some so being grams of very exciting things in the works and i decided to dm a campaign um, cause normally what we do as a company is we, we, as soon as we get a PDF from Wizards of the Coast, we start building a box and there's a part of us that want to go back and, and create boxes for things in that may have already been in the world of Wizards of the Coast. And so I had the opportunity to start DMing something from the past that I'm really excited Ooh, about. Okay. Oh, okay. I like that. So this is like research that, uh, that's kind a, of. That's like a little like. Yeah, I'm sort of dropping hints. We have a very exciting 2020 still in store for fans of Beetle and Grimm. That's awesome. And some folks will hear yeah, about that good. at D&D Live uh, on June 18th, right? Yes, D&D Live. Uh, yeah, well, this particular thing, yes, no. But <laughs> there's a big, there's a, I'm trying so hard to like, You're doing great. Right. Anyways, yes. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm playing in this super fun game. Um, Deborah Amwell, who's like one of my favorite DMs around, has got a great game coming together. There's a couple of special guests that are yet to be announced that I think people are going to freak out about. And um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you played with Deborah a bunch of times yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. I love the way she plays. She's so, first of all, she has so much energy and. and She's infectious. Like you are at her table, and you're, and, and the way that she leads is like, it, it's it's hard not to get sucked into the game. And then playing with her as a player, like she inspires. Like I love the way she plays. She's so specific, and she's sort of like her character is fully committed, and she's she's great at um, the improv stuff, and she's great at the the the, the actual game element. Um, I love the details that she plays with, so I'm excited to play with her at D&D Live. And she again. has cool props. I love the props. <laughs> oh, she has just so much time and She really and does. I mean, she is like, she really does. And she loves the game, and you can feel that. Absolutely. It's very so genuine. And I love, she's one of the dungeon yeah. masters that I really love to watch. Like, I don't need to be in yeah. the game. It's cool. I, totally I just want to sit here, and I just want to watch. It's amazing. Yeah. I keep trying. I'm hoping they come back with Relics and Rarities because um, I think that that game was finding its way. And I think that, you know, in this explosion of Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, I think that one one of the things about COVID is that, you know, people are um, finding other ways to, you can only binge so much um, television. And, you know, I think a lot of people have gone to gaming online and have gone to, um, you know, still coming together as a community. And I think that that's been one of the, the good parts of this whole crazy time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think people uh, are you know, desperately looking for something to 
do that doesn't just feel like we're chatting, right? Like, you know, because you can yeah. only do that so many times. At least maybe it's me. I, I can only have so many uh, uh, Zoom calls for work and then yeah. trying to do that for for pleasure it doesn't work but if you have the framework of uh wanting to you know bash monsters together or or, or solve problems yeah. or defeat tyranny you know i think a lot of people have those those instincts uh right now uh especially and so uh being able to to get together in game uh has been a transition for some people because i think people do like you know i mean i have my game room here behind me like they like being able to meet in person but you know it's it's a lot of people are leveling up those skills and it's, i'd love to hear about what you're doing as a dm uh in 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 that this situation yeah, <clears throat> well, I mean, for me, a lot of prep goes into pulling images mm. that you can share. I, I just think that right now, because, look, we do a lot of theater of the mind stuff. I mean, as players, we just came up in the 90s, and that's how we play, and that's what we enjoy playing. I mean, we'll do some minis and some um, maps, but we don't do any terrain. It's just not not how we've ever played, but... I do think the idea of including art or including a touchstone that sort of lets everyone's mind drift and then coming back and showing them an image to reconnect everyone to the same space has been really useful. And then, you know, one of the things that we put in the last uh, Descent into Avernus Platinum Edition box is um, a, a code for Sirenscape. Oh, and cool. We've never really played with that, but as a DM – to set mood, I started going through, um, you know, the sounds and sirenscape and I now use it all the time. And, um, I really love it. I, I, I'm not a big fan of like playing it all the way through, but to find a moment and to highlight that combat or to highlight the, um, I don't know, the tone stuff has been great. And I also look, and when you get to combat, to me, the least interesting thing about my, about the games that I enjoy is combat. I like defeating foes, but I want to go through combat. So my whole thing is like, look, roll attack and your and your damage at the same time. Be ready to go and just and I'll reward cool moves. Just let's keep it exciting. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it exciting because the mechanics of dice and plus and a minus and all of that is so boring to me. Like let's make it about character and let's make it about like adventure and let's get on to the stuff that we really like and so those are some of the things i'm using it's the art moving combat along and also like i'm also keeping games really short mm. so like for me to be i mean we're i'm on zoom all the time i mean we are always in i mean everyone is zoomed out and there's a level of energy that goes into a zoom call that is like oddly exhausting i find myself i get off these zoom calls and i'm exhausted yeah, me too so I'm literally going, hey, we're going to do a three-hour session. We are going through sessions and not doing combat. Like I'm like, you know, we're doing a lot of like engagement stuff, a lot of, of uh, role-playing stuff. And then like instead of like dipping into a combat sequence, it's going to be, you know, we'll get out before that. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then I'm playing with my kids a lot. Oh, that's great. So yeah, that's been nice. I mean, we, you know, sort of like in the, our hectic nature of our lives. I mean, we've gotten away from our own family game and we have another family here in our hometown that we play with and they Skype in these two brothers and I have three kids. And so the five of them have been, um, have been adventuring. And it's been Are awesome. you DMing that game as well? I am. Yeah. And I love, I, I really have found that I really love DMing. I mean, I, I think that if somebody like, 
not Chris Perkins, but I think there are a lot of people out there that are like super rule rules based, and I just don't care. <laughs> and, I, and I think that, like, I'm like rolling weird rolls. I'm like, if somebody, if like a sneak attack, like I'm rolling. If if, if I'm a monster that comes out and attacks Greg, like let's both roll and see who gets a niche between the two of us. Even though there's a sneak attack, I'm like, I'm making stuff up as we go along, and I'm like, I don't even. Like there's a part of me for so long I was scared about DMing because I would be a, I was afraid that I wouldn't I would screw mm. it up and I'm like what am I doing I like telling stories I like leading let's just go and in in this time of need in this time of boredom in the time of like my kids and I'm running this other adult group um I was like yeah I'll do it and it's been really really fantastic this- super fun super good storytelling like high engagement on on um on NPC moments and and I don't know player it's just been fun. This is so I'm pretty sure if you watch this back you will see the moment when the light bulb went on over my head because you I also am afraid of being a dungeon master but I kind of I kind of want to right. try it. But I'm too scared for my you know I'm scared I'm going to screw it up. I'm scared the players aren't going to have fun. Right. But when you, you just said I don't care about the rule. Like you made a conscious choice to just not care. Yeah. That's just like, okay, I can do that too. And then I, it just took all the pressure off of knowing something because I, I can just roll what I want and just make it up. I can make it up. Yeah. 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 And I will say this, that I, I like, I like, um, Look, the only thing that I, I'll take all – if anyone has a rule that I don't know, Shelly, I'm like, if they correct me, I'm like, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like ego, like you should have to throw your ego oh, behind. Yeah. And the only thing I could say is that in my game, I like – I'm a storyteller. I like telling stories. I play with energy. And so my game's fun. So what I don't have in something, I'll have in something else. And to me, that's the game I like to play. And I think that my players of you know, my kids love yeah. it. Um, but the guys I play with, I play with like these five showrunners from television shows um, that are all really, they play a lot of games and they're fully engaged. And so it's been, it's been super, I don't know. It's been empowering. I've loved it. You should get definitely. I feel like it. that you, yes, it is empowering. And especially when. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there watching who may be just like you and I going, I don't know if I'm good enough. And F it. Just go. Yeah. Just do it. Just run your yeah. own game. And if you don't like it, it becomes a one shot. So <laughs> there what? you go. You tried. <laughs> I actually, when, just when you yeah. said, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are as scared as you. I just saw somebody in the chat just say, I'm terrified to start DMing. Me too. Oh, there's a chat? Oh, tell them to call me. <laughs> this is, we'll get over this class. Personal DM coaching sessions. Two ones, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Screw the rules. Make well, I mean, that is like Jeremy and Chris would say the same thing. Like, don't worry about the rules. Like, that is just, they're just, they yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. <clears throat> they you do I think the last time we talked no. to you, I think you were not DMing, right? You were kind of like, yeah, I'm just a player. That's what I like. And I just like being a player. And yeah. so this transition I've has never. changed. And th- I, even yeah. more inspiring for Shelly because I think you're on the cusp of wanting to try it. And, you know, you're, you're living proof. You can do it. Yeah, I feel like every now and yeah. again when my kid is just like sitting there playing Fortnite or something, I'll like walk by and like sure. – 
give him a little like, what would happen if this thing happened and you were doing this and what do you want to do? Just answer the question. He's like, I just want to play yeah. Fortnite. Okay, never. But yeah, I try. Yeah, roll I'm it. like trying to be like, hmm, how can I engage <laughs> you? Yes. I am always like seconds away from, oh, by the way, can I tell you like, what am I, for a second, I thought these were, this is my Wormwood box. Mm. Nice. That I bought from Wormwood and I put Beto and Grimm's nice. on it. And then as a gift, I'm not supposed to brag about it a lot, <laughs> but I do love it. Um, I did get one of the the uh, Sapphire Dice for Dungeons & Dragons. And for a second, I actually thought they were loaded because I was, I kept, I just kept crushing with my dice. And this last week, I rolled four consecutive times. <laughs> and now I know that that's The magic is gone. It's you almost as it if it's random. random. Magic is <laughs> it's almost as if I was just really hot for a second. And yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Those dice are so. Like, I like yeah. that those dice are those metal, but they're not uh, super heavy. Super heavy, yeah, yeah. They're I love them. I game with them all the time. They're like I. Really they look really them. good on the screen. By the way, am I a shell? I don't even know I had this shirt on. Oh, oh, like this, this shirt. <laughs> Didn't even know. I have to change. <laughs> <laughs> then you can see so you can see the pecs and how big they are. Nice. <laughs> Oh, no. First right out of it. That is not my strength. God only gives so many gifts. So, <laughs> you have so, high charisma. When you were when you're playing with your group online now, as you guys played in person before, and now you're doing it online. Do you, are you running into any like um, social cue issues? Things like is it hard? Are like people talking over each other? Are people talking more? Are people talking less? As you kind of get used to seeing each other on screen instead of seeing each other around the table? No, it's not really. I mean, there's a little more order to it. Um, and there's not as much. I mean, look, for me, the reason you play Dungeons & Dragons, it's the best way to live a life, right? <laughs> but it's sitting around the table for the hour before and the 20 minutes after and when the pizza lands of, you know, spending time in fellowship with your friends. And... I do think that that element is gone. Like the, you know, there's a lot less sort of like just hanging out and BSing before the game, which I miss that a lot. Um, there's a little bit of a, a, you know, we roll 20 is something that we're working with um, and trying to figure out how to play with that. And do we really need it? Is it necessary? We're playing theater of the mind. Uh, you know, where are we at with that? Um, so, but we're, I mean, look, everyone's sort of yeah. figured it out. And again, I think if you go into a game like this with the, with understanding it's a break from everything that's happening, right? The world is in complete crisis, uh, between what's happening in Minnesota, between COVID, between everyone freaking out, joblessness, we have a president that's whatever. We are finding solace in a game that we love to play. And to me, that's been like, it's been such a beautiful break from the trauma that we're all yeah. living in. And um, so I'm so happy to have the game. And whatever version of the game it is, it's taking us away from, it's breaking this moment of reality that we all sort of need. And it's been, it's been lovely. Yeah, and I also think there's like a, an agency in the game <clears throat> that helps with that too because so much of what's right. happening we're, we're I mean we're honestly powerless against right you know we can't 
you know, do anything. Many of us can't do anything personally about, you know, the disease that's going through everything and, 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 and politics and all that. But, you know, there's the idea that you can do something in this D&D game, whether it is, you know, helping people, whether it's solving a problem, whether it's fulfilling a quest and, sure. and destroying a dragon that's tyrannizing a, 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 a village. You know, I think that's something that's really important for people right now is the, is the chance to, uh, uh, to, to achieve something. Yeah, to be, to be a hero. hero. To be a hero. To be the hero of the world really yeah. enjoys. I played it. Like, there's a lot of people out there that need Superman to come flying around the moon, right? It's like, it's We're ready. Dude, if there's Hello, Superman if ever there was a time. It's time, homie. <laughs> if I, I played off, D&D um, once, only once during this quarantine. I'd like to play more, but I played once. And it was like, I felt this immense sense of freedom because I realized, like, I'm outside. <laughs> I can do anything. My right. character can just, we can just keep walking. I don't care. I don't, like, let's talk to all the townspeople. Right. I just want to talk to people again. I can, <laughs> it was like, even though like this is just happening in my mind, it like, it really like buoyed me for the rest of the day. Like after that, I'm like, I went yeah. on an adventure and it was amazing. It really does. Yeah. It's good for it's the good. soul. That's good. Yeah, and with what we're doing with uh, with D and D Live, we've got you know the chance to do something for getting some Red Nose Day T shirts out there, uh, and getting people to donate uh, by you know uh, being involved with what's going on. You know, you get to be a hero even on a small scale for that. Yeah, well, look, it's um, you know we for us D and D Live is such a, a huge sort of part of our history as a company. I mean, we pitched it the first time on the street corner of Nathan in Seattle, and then next year we went live. I think I have pictures. And then last of, year, I don't know if I've even showed them that. I think yeah. I have pictures of you two, like, literally pitching Nathan on the corner from, like, 30 feet away. Oh, my really? God. Really? Oh, that'd yeah, be I, was, I was think I was chatting with Abe, Abe and Ruby, this. and I'm like, oh, I think they're, I think they're oh, talking yeah. to them right now about, you know, this crazy idea that I love. Oh, that's funny. Well, in that moment, too, like, my whole crew of guys were like no 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 i'm like no i'm gonna go over and pitch it oh my god and so in that moment yeah i pitched it and, and thank god nathan was like yeah we'll check it out <laughs> so uh and we're good and, and look and i i just you know just to jump into talking about the company for two seconds if i can you know we have a lot of cool things right now i mean one of and i think that i mean i think it's important to talk about for everyone at home is that, you know, there's a lot of D&D companies out there that were expecting D&D Live, that were expecting Gen Con, that, you know, the conventions, that there's eight to 10 conventions every year. I mean, we just got game hole cons canceled. Um, so, you know, in Wisconsin and the, and these, you know, these conventions are the lifeblood of a lot of D&D companies. I mean, there's vendors out there who are on the hustle every weekend selling, their wares, selling their, you know, their, their role, you know, their dice holders and their, their adventures. And I just want to say that if you're out there and, you know, there are vendors that you've thought about supporting in the past and you just haven't because you thought you were going to see them at a con, just know they need your support. I mean, there's all kinds of vendors out there that are trying to feed their families by selling these trinkets that everyone loves so much. And if we don't, as a community come out and support look and everyone's trying to survive but if you have the means to support a company um, by all means please get out there and, and find those those vendors because they need your help That's and a lot of those physical point. stuff you know. that you guys have been concentrating on uh are translate really well to playing even over 
camera and things like that. Like you were mentioning the artwork, and that's one of the best things that I love about um, the boxes that you put together are those uh, encounter cards uh, oh, yeah. that hang yeah. over the uh, the Dungeon Master screen. And you know, even though we might not be playing with the screen, if if you're uh, uh, doing it over Zoom or whatever, you can still use those pieces of art, you know, very easily just to hang it up. And then that you're, when you were saying when you were dungeon mastering and using artwork, it does it cements everybody being like, okay, this is the visual that everybody's got in their head, and then you can transition to a more theater yeah. of the mind thing after that. But you know, all the stuff that you're you're, you're mentioning about um, uh, accessories or accoutrements that you know would be. Uh, adding on to a physical game, you can still do that using using your camera, and I think more people should be, you know, for that because yeah, you know, what else what else can you do? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And look, and again, those people, you know, our community. There's, I mean, you know, I just think of every vendor in Gen Con. Like this is, I mean, that's like a third of right. their year. I mean, the amount of sales that go through there. I mean, the entire Midwest shows up to support, you know. The, the vendors that are there. Hey, I have something I want to share with you, but I just I just remembered that I have a version of it. Can I go grab it in my yeah. house? Yeah. Sure. If I'm going to go run upstairs, I have no pants on, so I'm going to turn <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I, thought oh he was, I thought he was not joking. I know. I was like going to be like, oh, this is a, a really special episode this of Dragon Talk This is why you want to watch you. the Twitch so, oh my gosh, he okay. found it. I'm back. I should have changed my shirt. God <laughs> dang it. <laughs> You're like okay. five hours later. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So one thing I want to talk about is that, um, so this last week on Monday, we launched. How big really is your house? <laughs> <laughs> Two million square feet. Um, so this last week, so we uh, partnered with an organization called Take oh, This. Yeah. Love Take This. Yeah, um, which is great. Which Dr. B, we met uh, two years ago, last year at Gamehole Con in Wisconsin. And we had never, we had seen him at other cons and, you know, he's sort of a, a, a figure in the D&D community, in the gaming community at large. And so we made a, a plan to sit down and, and get to know him better. And he's like, hey, why don't we do this one shot about mental health. And so what Take This does is a, it's an organization um, committed to helping gamers with mental health. And, and the game community navigate what that means for games and gamers. So they're a pretty amazing organization. And um, so after we, he, he, he put us through this one shot, Bill and I, who's one of my partners at the company, and Justice, who now works with us, and it was this sort of like illustrating what somebody suffering with mental illness goes through. And you are not only in combat, but creatively trying to figure out ways to help that person. It's an incredible one shot. And at the end of which, you know, Wormwood, who has sort of been mentors to us as a company, um, we realized that Wormwood had developed a shield for Take This and all sales of that shield. Shelly, are you frozen? I think she is. Oh, gosh, she's got Shelley. the best frozen face ever. She's like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. I just froze. I think my internet froze. I was froze. You guys were were all frozen. That's hilarious. Tell me more. Um, Please. Um, So anyway, so Wormwood had built a shield for Take This, and we knew that. And so at the end of this game, um, Bill and I committed to creating a shield to support Take This as a Beetle and Grimm um, sale. So we launched this week our shield of faith. 
And this is our oh shield. Oh my god! Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's sort of amazing. It's beautiful. Um, yes, it. yeah. it's got like yeah, silvery color. Yeah, with the and it's like this little blue outline. Blue. The idea is that you'd wear it on a uh, on a step and repeat of a premiere. Um, but it's this shield that's battered and bruised, but yet still, still standing. Protected. And it's our token. Yeah, still there to protect you. And it, our idea is that the shield of faith is that we want to remind everyone out there struggling with mental illness to have faith. Have faith that there's tomorrow. Have faith that there's help out there. That this moment doesn't define you. And so we're selling these at BeetleandGrims.com. Each shield of faith, all proceeds oh, go to Oh, that's so nice. Place. Oh, that's great. Um, so I'm, I'm pitching the, our sale of our company. Only in the fact that um, if you have twenty dollars, you have no somebody suffering through mental illness. I mean, it directly affected me and my family. <laughs> we lost my cousin's um, bless you, a daughter to suicide two years ago. Sweet Vivian, it reverberates through our family in such a horrific way yeah. all the time, and she's loved. And you know, this is a sort of our ability to give back to the community. And to remind people out there to have faith. That is wonderful. So Shield of Faith at Beetle and, and Grimm's. That's Day. available yep. now for people? Okay. Yes. It went on sale Monday. And we sold the very first stream that went live on. We sold like 160 oh. of them. So like ding, 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 our email. We still, just as a company, just so you know, all five of us still get every sale as email. <laughs> um, so when you start selling things, like all of a sudden your email is like blowing up. You're like, what is you happening? Know, and so on Monday night we had a, a huge run on these, and that's it was great. great. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get one Monday and uh, night, yeah. add it to my microphone case yeah. right oh, here nice. to replace uh, Imrith. I don't know if uh, Blue Dragon. I want I want to support with the uh, Shield of Faith right there. That's awesome. It's really great. Shield yep. of Faith. It's cool, right? And the whole idea is like I wanted I wanted to build something I could wear on a on a premiere and have people say, "What is that?" Well, let me like, tell you say, what this is. Shield of Faith. <laughs> that's so great. Do you? you know. But I'm glad I got to run off, and I'm glad I remember. I should have remembered. Oh, no. I love the uh, the work that Take This had done on. Uh, they did it. I, this might have been the one shot you were talking about, but it was um, uh, the psychomancer was the idea, right? That you were going into someone's psyche. Uh, yes, yes, and yes, I love yes. I love that idea of a um, awesome. a cleric that doesn't just heal bodily harms, but is healing, uh, you know, like a psychologist yeah. does. Yeah, now. I thought it was awesome. uh, And it's really, really fantastic. Yeah. And uh, there's, I think there's actually a subclass out there that you can download uh, on, from the Dungeon Master's Guild that also supports uh, Take This. That's cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they do they great. Do. They do amazing work. And we put together this press release, and, you know, I, in the press release, we gave a lot of credit to Dr. B, and he clarified that it was a bunch of people working on the cause and so we're, we're happy to support them and look as a company you know it's an interesting time for us obviously because we built these boxes designed for um for gameplay around the table we have a big announcement on um at D live as we've had for the last couple of years we're excited about the new adventure and we have more things this year but we have a, an announcement at D live but um you know we have we were preparing for a bunch of conventions and you know we have a, the silver avernus box which just launched in april not great or, or march which not great time for me um didn't that's not such a great that's such a and eberron launched in january so both of them have been like sort of um 
I well strategically. I love I love the idea of uh, having the different you know degradations, right? So yeah. the platinum edition box is you know yeah. got all the belts and whistles, everything you could possibly want, but having you know gold and silver as like uh, uh, you know uh, uh, different packages of the same amount of stuff, but something that might work for um, for different groups out there is 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 great. Yeah. Yeah, so if you, I mean, people may not know about our company. Basically, we create high-end box editions of Dungeons and Dragons releases, and we usually start a platinum box. And our platinum box is a numbered edition with only a thousand sold, and it's five hundred dollars. And one of the things that we, as a company and gamers and like human beings, is that we want to make incredible products for all five people around the table. Um, you know, we're we're trying to find our way to that market. I mean, we're trying to create things that that every game around the table can use and enjoy and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Um, but look, our idea is like, you know, we can provide these great impact, these great gaming impact moments um, at different tiers. I mean, the platinum editions got sort of, you know, st- stuffed Lulu and, you know, Sirenscape memberships and all kinds of fun stuff. But their gold editions are, are, are Vernus editions. So Tons of maps. Ton, you know, we have the 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 source book, tons of art. It's it's our encounter cards, our DM screen. So it's cool. And our Ebron box. I mean, to be honest, our Ebron box is the best box we've had wow. yet. I mean, it's it's incredible. That's a bold yeah, statement. Right yeah. Temporary tattoos. Uh, <laughs> it is. Oh yeah. I just thought that was cool, such right? a great idea with the dragon marks, right? Because that's such an integral part of that setting. It, everybody who is a member of that thing has that tattoo on them. So. Being able to have yeah. You yeah, know, people cool. at the table uh, have those uh, for specific select moments yeah. is, is awesome. Sure. It's like super fun. Like we just picture people walking around the con with a dragon mark tattoo on their throat and it'd be fun. I mean, look, the, the great thing about our company is that we sort of sit around and we think, well, what would be super awesome? And then we sort of, you know, figure out from there how to make that super awesome thing. But I was going to say, like, you were doing all these these things to increase the toolbox for the dungeon master. But it sounds like what you're trying to do now is is see how you can do that for for the players, for the players at the table, so that they have as much awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah, we so we have a bunch of cool ideas um, that we're trying to bring to market, um, and our intent, our idea is that look. If, if we can come up with a, a cool way to to influence a player to give them an opportunity to deepen their game, I mean, look, our whole thing is can we cre- we want to create a box? Our idea about the box is that everything that you would want to create and just don't have time to do, we're going to do it for you. Um, so that doesn't directly apply to the player, but can we create elements that are handcrafted that are built for players by players? that will elevate your game yeah maybe we can do that and so we're we're trying to do that now and look we're expanding i mean we started as a box company and now we've got you know we're in talks right now with other game makers out there and expanding our company to other platforms and other opportunities and and we as as five guys are really excited about that we're 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 taking it from a um high functioning small company to trying to grow it into a legit entity. And, um, you know, it's... It's tough. It's, uh, it's yeah, yeah. We're, in, you know, in the middle of our sort of big expansion year, we've gotten hit with, like... Less convention appearances and all that stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just sort of like... It's just... We're hoping the world, in some capacity, um, returns to, like, normal 
sitting around the table, normal conventions. Like we, yeah. we look forward to the opportunity to get back out and engage with, and I'm sure everyone is in the same place is engaging. With I wonder if there's some fun things that, uh, and this is us just doing, you know, product brainstorming <laughs> on the podcast. I uh, but it, I wonder yes. if there's something you can do for, you know, this type of video conferencing uh, type play that's happening right now that you might be able to uh, make available to people, whether it's like Zoom backgrounds or, right. you know, th- things that, that people need uh, to to elevate their yeah. game for, for when they're doing things like this. Super interesting. Well, we have talked about, I mean, look, one of the things that Twitch, you know, we're on Twitch right now, um, Beto and Grimm's is like, you know, we're a bunch of 50-year-old white guys who are like not twitching. <laughs> we're not those guys. If, if you are, and, it's not online. It's just um, in your in your bedroom alone. Yeah, we're twitching because we literally can't control <laughs> our, yeah, our resources. But um, but we, you know, we we look forward to figuring out a way into that Twitch streaming world where we're, we're never going to be critical of, nor do we want to try to even attempt what they're doing. They're yeah. incredible. But, you know, can we bring something that's original to us? Um, that we have a couple ideas that we're super excited about that, you know, doesn't, it sort of fits what we're interested in doing in, in the Twitch sphere. Um, which isn't necessarily gaming live all the time. Although we have had, we just did, we just hosted our first um, one shot over two days with uh, Justice, who ran an incredible um, adventure. So um, yeah, so we're trying to we're trying to crack that. I mean, we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to figure out how we can create our version of something that lives on Twitch. Well, I'd love to find out more about the lore of of Beetle and Grimm's and all the. All the pandemonium warehouse. I'm 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 always sad when you don't have pandemonium warehouse as the as the second half of I your know. company. Name. I it's so funny. At some point uh, this last week, I was like looking at our webpage, and Charlie, who does our webpage, he's awesome. He also does all of our goblin emails. So he you know They're he so sends good. goblins. He's so good at them. Um, and he uh, he he at the top corner instead of store, it said the pandemonium warehouse, and I was like, dude. First of all, we never use it. Second of all, nobody knows what the Pandemonium Warehouse is. I think we have to change it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but wasn't that the name it. of the shop that you guys had created yeah. in game? Yeah, uh, well, in game, yeah. But we we want to. I mean, at some point, we want to keep adding, like, slide into like Avernus. Like, here's the city map of Waterdeep, or you know, whatever, and put like Pandemonium Warehouse in there somewhere. Oh, that'd Just be cool. Keep slipping it in we did do a t-shirt this is the problem with having a company that sort of is run by five knuckleheads we <laughs> did a t-shirt where we we did our schrodinger's cat does anyone know the schrodinger the, the schrodinger theory is that a cat if you put a cat and radiation in the box at the same time they're both simultaneously alive and the cat is both simultaneously alive and dead so we built a schrodinger cat box t-shirt and like it's a very random, very weird, esoteric shirt that we thought would be amazing seller. The fact that you know you don't, you're nobody's ever going to see it, which I am about to go run and put on. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Check now I want to go buy one of those because I love those references for sure. Well, you, I will send you. I'll send you guys both t-shirts. I'll send, I have your email. I have your actually. Will you send me your home address and I'll send them both to you? Sure. 
Nice. But right. now you got to make a Schrodinger's Tabaxi. Yeah. Oh, that right. would be Named good. Drunky Two Shoes. The um, one of my favorite things ever was playing that Tabaxi um, in Perkins' campaign. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love Perkins. Good times. I was just going to ask because you got me thinking when you said everybody gets an email when we make a sale. Do you remember who your first sale was to? That's a good question. First email was. Well, you print out that is, email and tape it to the side of your, uh, you know, your storefront. Right. <laughs> I think that I'm dying to go back. I bet you we can figure it out. So we, so when we went live at D and D Live, um, every ding of the computer was like the celebration because you have to remember all of us. You know, there's five of us. We all have day jobs, um, and we were having a midlife crisis. I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, on the show, but we basically were a bunch of guys that have sort of have kids, we have wives, or, or we don't have wives, or wherever we're at, and um, we were just looking for something else to do. I mean, we, you know, we were thinking about doing like, you know, can we develop an escape room? Can we do a, a box company in which, you know, a mystery box every month you're getting something for D and D? Because we were just like sort of bored and. Um, not bored, but we were looking to do something else that, that we loved. We wanted to bring yeah. what we loved to do something, like it, co- coming together to do something fun that was sort of outside the box. And take a risk. I mean, we wanted to build something. And so we, Bill pitched his idea of like, you know, there's the pearl, the example he used in the moment on the very first pitch he ever had was, you know, there are people that love Pearl Jam, they'll download the music. The real sort of next level of fan will buy the vinyl, but the ultimate fan will buy the boxed edition. And that's what we are for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so when we went live, I mean, you have to understand like that first weekend, I think we sold like 250 boxes out of a thousand. And we were like, get like giddy because we had for two years or a year, basically put together this plan and we were making up as we went along. I mean, none of us had ever built you know, dragon marks where your temporary tattoos. I mean, who does that? I have no idea. I mean, I built those. I mean, I was like, okay, I have to go find a vendor. We have to make sure they're secure. I mean, we have to go through all these hoops to make sure it's safe and we can deliver and timing. And I mean, you know, so we've all like sort of like, I'm responsible for international insurance. That's, I should not be responsible <laughs> for international insurance. By the way, we just got another sale from Beetle and Grimms. Thank you. Oh, nice. I love- <laughs> See, that, yeah, that's the podcast, podcast content that I want is just being like, oh, we got another one. Yep. Ding. We got three more. We just got three more. A no, shield of faith, a shield of faith, and three Harper's pins. It's fun. Oh, wow. Doing it. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, we, so, that first weekend, we sold 250 and went out and, like, got drunk on joy. And other things. And other things. But mostly joy. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it wasn't Seattle. It was at the. Uh, or no, actually, no, that was the stream of many eyes in, in LA for that one, but for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, it's sad we can't meet, you know, in person, uh, definitely for D&D Live. That was a, a, a big part of those events, was getting everybody together. Uh, but we want to do yeah. that virtually uh, as much as we can. And I can't wait to see the game that you're going to play with Deborah Ann Wall and how the, all that is going to fit great. together. As well as the exciting uh, news from uh, Beetle and Grimm's for the next uh, yeah. box. Product we're also doing a live. Um, we're doing a uh, 
we're going to try to do a live Twitch uh, storefront. So oh. we're going to stream Twitch. We're going to, we're going to all be on Twitch and. If you show up, we'll walk you through what we have at the store. And so we'll, oh, that's we, great. you want to get on Twitch, I'll answer your questions and, and we'll try to sell you stuff. <laughs> really cool. I love yeah. that. So it's a, I, we, we pitched it the other day and there's a live virtual game front and we're going to try that. So we're going to do, we're going to post hours at the pandemonium warehouse will be open. I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it'll cool. be fun. All right, so, so June 18th. No problem, yeah. Thank you. Very excited. Yeah. Um, where can people follow, find out about, you know, uh, where to buy this stuff as well as... Uh, yeah, if, so uh, beetleandgrims.com is our, is our, um, is our site. Uh, I'm at Matthew Lillard on Twitter and on Instagram. I don't do Facebook very much. Um, nice. I do get relatively political. I try not to get too political, Greg. I try to keep it non-political, but sometimes you have to say things that really, when you're really yeah. angry, you really have to tweet, which is so stupid, but sometimes you're not angry. There's been a lot of instances of that yeah. happening. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to be like, everyone has their choice. God bless America. This is an amazing place. And everyone has to vote in November. That's all. And let's For whoever you want, because it is our gift as Americans. Yes. You can vote for whoever you want. And like every D&D campaign out there, let's continue to make the world a better place. Yes. And hopefully yes. we will do that soon. Anyways, but thank you for having me, guys. Fingers I crossed. I always love talking about D&D. I always yeah. love um, talking to the community. And thank you for letting me pitch our shield. We're super proud of it. We're, we're all the proceeds are going to help uh, an incredible cause. And Yeah. All right, bud. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon and I'm excited for D&D Live much love brother I absolutely adore Matthew Lillard and I'm so glad we got to talk to him uh, and that he's going to be playing for D&D Live 2020 it's gonna be amazing do you think he will actually roll with advantage during that game for sure and lots of inspiration because I'm inspired right now I'm giving him all the inspiration sending it back sending it back Paying he, it forward. He's going to have a lot of fun. And Love we're going to have a lot of fun watching him. For sure. As will all of you uh, for June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's when you'll learn so much about what's happening for Dungeons & Dragons over the next uh, year, really. Um, you'll learn about some fun video games, some tabletop games, some even funner things out there that I don't even want to hint at but are really cool, including horses. I don't know. Things out there that might be really fun. Uh, So don't forget to tune in on June 18th. Uh, You can go to D&D live on our website uh, as well as checking out it here on twitch.tv slash D&D and we're also going to be streaming live on YouTube at that date. So uh, we we want you to be involved and don't forget to follow along on all of the social media platforms for Dungeons and Dragons including Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We'll be doing a lot of activations on Instagram for this so if you have not followed that account I suggest you do so now. Do it. You don't want to miss what's happening. Underscore D&D uh, on the IG. Hey, that rhymes. Cool. You should have had your sunglasses on when you said at the IG. 
on the IG. On the IG. What? So cool. So cool. I'm gonna, can I put them up here and be even cooler? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I can't wait uh, for June 18th, and you can't either. Uh, so don't forget <laughs> to sign up for playing D&D yep. Adventurers League. That should be open by the time you're listening to this, as well as purchasing a T-shirt and or a adventure uh, for all in support of Red Nose Day uh, and the great cause and uh, fundraising efforts that they do for all the fun stuff out there. Oh, for even even Puppy wants to get involved. Instacart's here. Yes, I love it. I love it. Puppy, you get inspiration uh, for allowing us to enjoy uh, your chorus. I'll mute it. <laughs> Uh, see, this is, I, I like podcasts that have uh, lots of interaction with animals. Uh, I think that's, that's what makes things happen. You, you have to roll with the punches. Thank kind you. of like Good we have to do it. now when people follow me on, uh, on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito. Shelly is at Shelly Moo, right? Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> Just, he was right, all puppy? quiet. He was, he's like, oh, I'm also on Instagram. No, they're not, puppy. Does he have his own Instagram? He doesn't. Oh. He's not that cool. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Saving us. Yes. Good boy. He saved us. Yay, puppy. Um, so, yeah, f- give us a follow. Follow the uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, social media accounts to find out anything more about uh, D&D Live as it's coming down. And we will close this episode out by figuring out what's happening with Drunky Two-Shoes and Daryl, or someone who looks very much like Daryl. Drunky Two-Shoes is a tabaxi. You've been going through the woods. You saw a figure. You attacked it. It looked exactly. It was a hooded figure, so it was a little bit obscured. Uh, But uh, after a few uh, altercations and uh, trading of blows in which you took some damage uh, from uh, the Daryl lookalike, you've got him pinned down uh, and Drunky Two Shoes said uh, what do you want? And uh, Daryl uh, with the face of your litter mate uh, the tabaxi Daryl Two Shoes says I want the other half of the amulet that Daryl had. Okay. What, is, right. what does Drunky do? Drunky is going to try to um, bluff and say all right you can have it. Show me where my brother is. Uh, okay. You want to roll a uh, deception check? What's your? Uh, what do you think your charisma is for? For you got you're playing as your sorcerer, drunkie. So, um, I only rolled a five. You rolled a five. Yeah. Okay. Drunky, drunkie uh, is, is shaken by this. Uh, so I rolled an 11 on the die, and so uh, the creature uh, that looks like Daryl says, Show it to me. Show him to me. And then I scratch his face. Ooh, okay. Uh, so he's restrained by you. Uh, go ahead and roll one more uh, attack, and we'll see what happens. That is a nine, but I'm sure there's... That's a nine. I- uh, so you try to uh, scratch his face, but in doing so... You lose uh, the grip on, uh, on, no. on this creature, uh, and he's no longer restrained, and he's scrambling to his feet, uh, maybe to flee, but maybe to attack. You're not sure yet, and you'll find out next week on Super Dragon Talk. <laughs>